men we can't give up what's the use they think we're crazy yes i see it but it doesn't negate what we know and what we've seen maybe we didn't see what we thought we saw leo's right the more that we talk about it more people ask questions it sounds unbelievable even as words come out of our own mouths so let me get this straight what we experienced on that hill it was just a mistake, an apparition, huh? Nonsense. What we saw was a fulfilled prophecy right under our noses, men. It would take more faith to imagine that we were all suffering from sleep deprivation or we all ate of the same bad pot of stew than to just believe. We know what we've seen, we know what we've heard. God came near, men. Do not be afraid. That's what the angel said. That's what the bright light said. You know it. You can't forget about it. Do not be afraid. That's the story that we've been saying over and over for days. There has been weeks. If you put us in four different rooms and you interrogate us, we all have the same story. An interrogation is exactly what's gonna happen to us if Herod gets wind of this. Herod has killed for lesser things. Y'all remember when we ran to the barn? When we ran to that barn and we saw the baby, the Messiah, the story that we've been hearing about since we were children, the story that our great-great-grandparents passed down to us, didn't we know? When we saw that baby, didn't we catch an inkling of what, of what our mission was supposed to be? We are not just mere sheep herders. We get to tell the story, gentlemen to repeat that a savior, that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem. The joyous announcement that is for everyone. Glory to God in heaven and peace on earth to all who believe. I believe, I cannot help but believe. Oh come, all ye faithful. Oh come, all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Oh, come let us adore. 
Amen. You ever had an experience that was incredible and then the doubt began to set in a little bit after a while? I mean, maybe you've experienced a healing or a miracle of some kind. Or maybe you've sensed that God spoke to you in some way and then you wondered, did that really happen? Did, did that happen to me? The further away from it you get, the more you doubt. Uh, video we were just watching is a, is a just suppose moment. It's a just suppose these shepherds, and we don't know very much about them, we just know this little snapshot in time that we see in scripture, and, and just suppose that as the time went on, a little bit of that doubt began to creep in, and they began to wonder, did that really, really happen to us? video portrays them as questioning and asking questions and you know we have to use a little sanctified imagination to uh, think about all the things that they might have gone through in their minds and and when God called them to go and then afterwards after they'd seen Jesus and began to tell people about it uh, what had they experienced well, I want to remind you of what really happened and uh, let's take a look at the second chapter of Luke this morning. This is the story we all know, the story that we love to share at Christmas time. And there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, that night probably started pretty ordinarily. <laughs> Shepherds were just out doing what they always did. They were out there living among their sheep. They were watching over those that were in their care. And then something changed everything. An angel of the Lord appeared with an announcement. Let me repeat that with proper emphasis. An angel of the Lord appeared! <laughs> Drop my stick. But that's no ordinary thing to happen, is it? It's not just, oh, an angel of the Lord showed up, you know. Just another Christmas. This was an incredible event. I mean, can you even imagine what it would be like? This news that the angel brings, it, it, it seemed unbelievable. Except, of course, here's an angel standing right in front of them, suddenly appearing out of nowhere, a big bright light and all this stuff going on, and, and they're all together and they're all seeing it. So maybe it's a good thing to listen to what he had to say. But Luke tells us that when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, 
the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. There was a sign. And what was the sign? It wasn't, you know, a new Hummer parked at the curb. It wasn't, you know, a fancy big house. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't some glitzy, modern idea of a sign. It was really, really simple. A baby wrapped in cloths in a manger, a feeding trough in a barn. <laughs> now, notice that the angel didn't tell the shepherds, go right now, go check this out. They just simply told them that they will find a child, and it implies if they go. If you go, you'll, this is what you're going to find. And you see this in Scripture sometimes, don't you? You know, God sometimes seems to hit us upside the head with a two-by-four to get our attention, and there's a direct command, I want you to go and do this. But then there are other times where God just seems to present something to us, shows it to us, and then leaves it with us. And, and we know there's an expectation that we're supposed to do something with what God has revealed, but he doesn't always knock you over the head he just leaves you to respond. Well, in this case, the angel host just leaves. Now, I assume they could have waited till morning. I mean, they could have waited till daybreak. They could have waited till their next trip into town. But they can't wait. Fear or no fear, off they run to Bethlehem to see this thing. And what they find is exactly what the angel foretold. So what was their reaction to what they found in the manger? I mean, did they come in and start helping with the diapers? Uh, did they, you know, put their feet up on the hay bales to rest? Did they just sit in awe and stare? I don't think so. It says we see them act as the faithful shepherds that they were. They leap into action. They begin to spread the word about baby Jesus, and they did it with so much enthusiasm, it says that those who heard them were amazed. Now, I'm sure afterwards there came, you know, a time where they had to go back home. They, they returned to their responsibilities. They go back to the flock, and um, I, I'm sure once they got there, around that campfire, this would be what they'd be talking about. All the things they'd heard, all the things they'd seen continuing to glorify God for including them in this incredible moment. So that's their story. What can we take away from this? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I think that there are some special things that we can learn from this story. Uh, first of all, I think we can learn from the shepherds that when God calls, listen up. 
Listen up. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Have you ever been diagnosed with the common disorder known as selective hearing? Some husbands, maybe. Some teenagers, maybe. I know when I was a teen, you know, I selectively couldn't hear my dad say, take out the trash on numerous occasions. But you know, it's funny, I never failed to hear mom say, dinner's ready. Selective hearing, right? Hearing is merely perceiving sound, right? Listening is different. It's paying attention to the message in order not only to hear it, but also to understand it and to respond to it. In fact, one of the words in the New Testament to hear um, doesn't just mean to hear, it means to hear with understanding. And the faithful shepherds here, they, they did just that. I mean, they heard, they understood as best they could, and then they responded. There's no selective hearing going on here. Now, there are a lot of examples in the New Testament of people who listened, who heard, understood, and responded to Jesus. Matthew, for example, is he's a really good example of this. He's one of my favorite people. As Jesus went out from here, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. A tax collector, <laughs> a traitor to his people, an outcast in his own society. And Matthew listened to the voice of Jesus, and he made a choice. And like the shepherds before him, he got up and he went. He didn't go to a stable. He went to follow the one who was born in a stable. Matthew not only heard the voice of Jesus, he listened to the voice of Jesus. And he responded to Jesus. And it changed the direction of his whole life. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Whatever situation you're going through today, whatever challenges you're facing today, let me ask you to do this. Listen for the voice of God. Listen for the voice of God. Chances are he's speaking to you. And we may not be tuned in. We may not be listening. We may not be in a place where God can speak to us. We may not be in the word of God. We may not be praying. We may not be sitting before him and waiting for him to direct us. And we need to do that. And when God calls, and he will call you at, at some point, you may, you know, it may happen in a way that you're not really expecting. It might not happen with fireworks and bright lights in the sky and an angel standing in front of you. It might be something really quiet, a whisper in your spirit. But when God calls, listen up. Not simply to hear, but also to respond and to follow the way that he's leading that leads us to the second thing that i think we can learn from the shepherds and that is that when god calls saddle up my dad used to say that to us as we we had this big massive ford woody wagon it was like seemed like it was like 50 feet long it was this huge huge thing uh, i think it, in reality i think it was like almost 19 feet long and then behind that 
we would tow this really big pop-up trailer that fit the whole family. And so this like this huge caravan going down, and, and we'd be loading up, and finally my dad, we knew we were ready to go because he'd go, saddle up, and we'd all jump into the car, and away we'd go on our holiday. Well, might be something you heard in a Western movie at some point. Saddle up, boys. Time to move out. It's time to go. That's exactly what the shepherds did. They, they had this angelic choir concert that happened in front of them, and then immediately after they left, they decided, okay, saddle up, boys. It's time for us to go. Let's go and see this thing. Let's go check it out. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. Like we said before, the angels didn't tell them to go. Didn't tell them to go now or tonight or to hurry. They took it upon themselves to go and quickly. They were unwilling to wait for anything. They didn't wait for breakfast. They didn't wait for an Uber to arrive and take them there. Uh, they did have to probably get a babysitter for the sheep. But you know the way sheep herding was done in those days, we think of it as this one field isolated in the middle of nowhere. But most likely, it was part of a, a normal tradition, which was field to field, that in the next field, there would be other shepherds, and they would be watching their sheep. And every so many feet along the way, there would be a stone wall and a watchtower. And somebody up in the watchtower, you know, you could, you could call on them to look after it, you know? Hey, Lou, we're going walkabout. Watch the sheep, eh? <laughs> and they keep an eye on the sheep. And off they'd go. The angel told them what they would find. And in the spirit of the Old West, they saddled up and moved out. There's another story in the New Testament where God spoke and a person faced a kind of saddle-up situation, a little bit the same. It goes like this. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias! Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said to him, go to this house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. I, I love this whole story and the account of the beginning of what's going to be Saul's lifelong ministry and his special relationship with Jesus. But you notice I left something out. In this case, there's an important part of the story between verses 11 and 17. You know, as I told it, I have God speaking, and I have Ananias hearing, and then just going. But there's a little bit more to it than that. Ananias has a pretty good understanding of the nature of this man that he's being sent to. Uh, he says to the Lord, he says, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Ananias wants nothing to do with Saul. He tells God in no uncertain terms that this Saul is a bad guy. He's doing harm 
to Jesus' followers. In fact, he kind of understates it, doesn't he? We know that, that Saul had a hand in the death of, of one of the disciples, one of the apostles, Stephen. And of course, God says, oh, it's okay. If you don't feel like going, that's all right. You don't have to go. That's what happened, right? Nope. <laughs> Here's what it says. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. So in spite of his very serious reservations, he did go. And because he did answer God's call and he went, the ministry of Paul, or Saul, and then became Paul, was set in motion. And Paul's ministry was going to change the world. The shepherds teach us that there's no need to hesitate when God calls. Ananias shows us that even though we might hesitate, if we trust God, amazing things can happen. Possibly a world changed. Maybe a life changed. Maybe my life. Maybe your life is changed forever. So when God calls you, when he calls you, saddle up. Listen up. And then saddle up. There's a third thing here that I think we can learn, and that is when God calls, speak up. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Faithful shepherds, <laughs> the ones we're talking about today, they didn't just stop after hurrying to see this thing that's happened. Having seen Jesus, they were compelled to go and tell his story. It's the story of the baby Messiah. And it's a story that seemed unbelievable, but Scripture says that the people who heard it, they were amazed. There was something about the way they told it. They had a personal experience with God. They had this, this special miracle that happened right in front of them, and they obviously carried some of that with them when they went to tell the message about Jesus. In Acts chapter 6 and 7, there's a, another account of faithful who tell the story about Jesus. It's not as nice a story, not as warm and cuddly. It's not about a baby, but it's about a, a man who tells of a recently crucified and resurrected adult Jesus. I've already mentioned it by name already. His name is Stephen. In order to, uh, he got an order to appear before the Sanhedrin because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus. That's the Jewish ruling council. And Stephen, in front of this huge assembly of the most intimidating men in his world, gave this great testimony to Jesus and told how Jesus fit into the history of their people. And at the end of it, they treated him as if he'd committed great blasphemy, and they dragged him away. And in the process of being arrested, God gave him a vision. And even then, even being arrested, even being dragged away, he spoke up about what he was seeing. He had a vision of heaven with Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and he told them all about it. They got even more angry, and they dragged him out to be stoned to death. 
And it says here that even as Stephen was being stoned to death, he spoke up one last time. He spoke up in prayer. We have Stephen's final recorded words. Here's what he says. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Of course, we know falling asleep, that's a euphemism for dying. But the way it's said here, it just kind of suggests something kind of special was happening. You know, maybe God was just delivering him from this experience, from this terror. Stephen speaking up, even with his last dying breath. And he's, what is he doing? He's doing what Jesus did. He's asking forgiveness for the people who are taking his life. Remember, Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. When God calls, the faithful speak up. Not to cast verbal stones, not to condemn, not to point fingers of judgment, but to faithfully speak up to share the love of Jesus and to show the love of Jesus. Well, Luke says the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. You notice the, the shepherds at the end of their journey, they're glorifying and praising God for what they heard, what they saw, what they'd been told. These shepherds, as far as we know, um, never changed vocations. We don't have a further story, so we assume they just went back to being shepherds. But they'd also become something else. They'd become evangelists. Now, I know that's a scary word. That word, though, comes from a Greek word that just means to tell the good news. I was listening to Tim Keller this morning, and Tim Keller says that a better translation of that is joyful proclamation. That's evangelism, is joyful proclamation. Well, we really see that in the shepherds, don't we? You see that going on. That's what they did after they met Jesus. So what do we do after we meet Jesus? This is really what we need to do after we meet Jesus, to tell our story with him and to tell his story. We need to join the faithful shepherds from that long-ago starry night and share the good news that the Messiah is alive. Like the shepherds, when God speaks to you, listen up, saddle up, and speak up. May we listen to his voice and go where he leads and speak of the good news of our Messiah, the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we know that you're speaking. Help us to listen and help us to hear, to hear with understanding. And help us to understand what we hear and to respond. Lord, lead us and, and we will follow you. Give us boldness to share the good news like the shepherds.
especially in this Advent season when so many hearts are open to hear that good news. Give us the voice, put the words in our mouths, and let us speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.